quick disclaimer, guys. We decided to create this video because we feel that systemic racism is still a very big issue in our society today. Um, obviously, the election just happened, so we felt that it was really relevant to talk about these issues. I hope you guys enjoy. What's good, everyone? Welcome back to the Eurosteppers. And for our fifth episode today, we're going to be talking, or we're going to be having a unique episode. Um, recency, so Joe Biden was elected president of the United States of America, and we thought, um, kind of with the timing, and you know, the NBA bubble finished a couple of weeks ago, we thought we'd analyze the social justice movement there, what the NBA was able to do there, and their impact on voter turnout. For example, in this past year's election, um, approximately 146 Americans voted, and that number, um, with votes still being counted, that number is expected to go up. So that is by far the largest. Um, voter turnout in American history. So we thought we were gonna analyze that today. And yeah, you know, we're gonna start off by talking about the Bucks um, boycotting their first round game against the Orlando Magic, game five. Dad, yeah, what did you think of that? Yeah, so yeah, if we go back, so right now, uh, as it stands, Joe Biden has been elected or president elect of the United States. But if we, if we go back in time to um, the NBA, the first round of the playoffs, like you said, the Bucks boycotted game five um, of the first round of the playoffs. And um, this was definitely the start of a big social movement um, unveiling within the NBA. And uh, it was, to me, I found it really powerful to see players stepping up and um, taking action for what they think is right. And it really proved that these, these are not just athletes, they're more than athletes. Kind of like what big players like LeBron, um, Jimmy Butler, George Hill have been preaching for so long and this narrative that players should just shut up and dribble um, as you've seen by the title of our episode um, is definitely not true and uh, we've seen in the past that these players are able to use their platforms for positive change so um, what the Bucks did um, by by boycotting the um, the NBA and I don't think they're boycotting the NBA specifically more the idea of systemic racism within the U.S. and how deeply ingrained it is within their history um, I think it was really powerful and it um, it spoke volumes to the kind of players that, that are within this organization. Yeah, you know, um, with the Bucks boycott in their game, 100% um, I agree with you. You know, everything's, uh, especially with the bubble too, it's bigger than basketball, you know. I think going into the bubble too, you know, um, there was a couple of players, for example, Kyrie Irvin, he's usually outspoken, and Dwight Howard as well. They both, yep. they both said that kind of going back to the bubble um, would be a distraction and how, they should be focusing on those like social justice issues and how basketball would be a distraction for it. And even um, as we know, in the bubble after the, the Bucks boycotted their game, um, you know, there was a big famous meeting, you know, we were getting updates from Woj um, and basically, you know, some players like LeBron, there were talks of them canceling the season at that point in total. So um, what did you think the, the NBA season was going to be canceled? Um, you know, I think Barack Obama hopped on, told them to continue it. You know, personally, I think it was the right decision to continue. Uh, what did you think of that? Well, I mean, yeah, um, it was definitely up in the air about whether or not the players were going to totally boycott the NBA and just um, and cancel play and not finish the playoffs. But I think that um, a lot of players, for them, um, it was kind of a, a kind of an escape from reality to play, play in the NBA. So, obviously, even though they were doing their social movements, or, sorry, they were all being a part of the same social movement, which was uh, the whole Black Lives Matter campaign. I think that for a lot of them, like these players, it's still their jobs and they've got to be there to to 
to do what they get paid for, right? So I think that um, they were they were they were able to do their jobs and also be incredible activists off off the court as well. So I mean, looking at how it played out, I think they did a fantastic job of of basically leading two lives on the court and off the court. Yeah, and also um, kind of with the decision to continue the season as well, you know, um, like the money plays a really big factor, you know, like with the NBA players making millions, you know, I know George Hill, he's been really involved with the community. Um, and he was, a lot of NBA players said how they were going to take that money and invest it back into the youth and to improve systemic racism in the United States. So for sure, um, you know, I think the money is a really big aspect of them and kind of wanting them to continue the season. And just in players too, um, someone who really stood out to me was Jalen Brown in terms of, mm-hmm. so the NBA as, as like a collective group did a really good job, but I thought there was a couple individuals who really like stepped up and kind of led that charge for social change. So yeah, just for me, I thought Jalen Brown was really impressive. Um, this is someone too, who out, coming out of high school, he was a top three recruit, five-star. He chose to go to Cal Berkeley as well. So that really speaks um, to his education and his values, you know, before being drafted, some NBA GM said that he was too smart to play in the NBA, um, which is actually crazy. But, and just hearing it, I've like heard him speak at press conferences as well. He's a really good speaker. Um, you know, was one of the, or one of many players who showed up to the protests um, in the United States. I know he was in Atlanta. I think he drove like 15 hours um, to go to Atlanta. And yeah, and basically for Jalen Brown too, I think that his biggest impact is not going to be on the court but what he does off the court um, in general. But yeah, so kind of personally, he was someone who really stood out to me and definitely like inspired me too. Um, was there any like one or two NBA players you would say kind of inspired you or you think you were like really, really like taken away with or blown away by? No, yeah, I definitely agree about Jalen Brown. He was um, he's someone that kind of reminds me of Jalen Brown is uh, Malcolm Brogdon, kind of like that too smart for NBA kind of player. Um, but uh, I think that, he was one of the players that definitely led the charge and getting, getting more players involved in this whole social justice movement and um, really getting players behind this cause. Uh, like I said, Malcolm Brogdon is definitely another player that set out to me. He went to a lot of um, protests in Indiana. Um, definitely, and we saw pictures of him and videos of him protesting in the crowds with these, with these people. Um, so I found that really powerful. I, you always, you see a lot of celebrities kind of isolate themselves from these crowds, but he was right in there with normal people, um, being normal, just like himself. And, uh, he, he was definitely able to lift the spirits of these people and kind of give them something to hope, hope for leading up to this election. Um, kind of moving on and talking about how these players like Malcolm Brogdon and Jalen Brown were able to like lobby for social justice movements. Um, how about we talk a little bit about how that impacted voter turnout? Like, if we look at swing states like Wisig- sorry, Wisconsin and Michigan, we saw that uh, historically these are states that, um, that are always close. They're either red or they're blue. It's always changing. So what we saw this year or what we see currently is that Wisconsin and Michigan are currently blue. And obviously um, Democratic uh, or sorry, usually African-American people are more lean towards uh, Democratic movements because um, obviously we've seen that Joe Biden has um, has made more of an effort to support African-American people and kind of speak to what they need. Um, and he's also been very sympathetic of the, the, whole, um, the whole issue on systemic racism. So I think that a lot, a big reason why these states were able to turn blue this election 
was because we saw the African-American population, especially in Wisconsin and Michigan, turn out to vote, um, vote Democratic um, so that they could put someone who they believe would make real change into, uh, into the White House. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And also, um, you talked about Michigan, along with Wisconsin being a big swing state. And just something I, I was reading an article on Twitter the other day. Um, I'm a big Twitter guy. I'm always on Twitter. Um, Dad, you're on Twitter as well a lot too. I'm getting but. there. I'm, I'm getting into <laughs> it. I'm getting into it. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I saw um, a tweet or an article from um, a news outlet in Michigan. And basically, they were talking about kind of how the Detroit Pistons arguably were the reason why Michigan ended up flipping the blue. Um, you know, they ended, I think Michigan, they ended up opening their stadium um, as like a voter, like a voter, um, yeah. like voting booth. And basically because of kind of what the initiatives that Michigan or the Detroit Pistons ran in their arena and getting people out to vote, um, kind of that was able to, in the cities, they're traditionally more democratic votes. So that was able to get more votes for Joe Biden and, Joe Biden ultimately ended up winning Michigan. So kind of if you look down the pipeline, like break it up, you can almost trace back um, Joe Biden's victory in Michigan to the Detroit Pistons, especially if it's close to, you know, yeah. um, obviously the Detroit Pistons are not like, it's not to say that they, they won, like they, they, they themselves won Joe Biden. Yes, Michigan, of course but I think like kind of talking about how um, the impact NBA teams had on the voter turnout um, for sure. You know, I think, all NBA teams, they um, there's a big movement with them getting all their players registered to vote. Um, some teams had 100%, probably around the league. Either if it was if it was not 100%, it was probably 98%. Yeah, um, I know. They, I think the average is above 90%, like league wide. But anyways, carry on. Yeah, and basically, yeah. So getting um, those players to vote as well, I think it had a really big impact um, on kind of the youth in the basketball community. You know, we saw the NCAA as well. They made election day they canceled practices and everything they ran their own campaigns to get all their um players on their team to vote so that definitely kind of played a reason into um the results from this election and the fact that it was by far the largest voter turnout in nba or not nba history but u.s u.s election yeah. history um yeah uh it's like kind of um building up from the D detroit pistons obviously also um, in Wisconsin, the Milwaukee Bucks, um, they were the team that started this, as we said. Uh, we saw players like George Hill, Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, Pat Connaughton, Sterling Brown, all these players um, show up and uh, devote their time um, to, to these protests um, and uh, – sorry, peaceful protests within, within Wisconsin um, and kind of building up to this election and getting more, especially African-American uh, voters involved because in the past we've seen that um, – African-American populations, especially in these swing states, have declined from voting or decided that they, that they did not want to vote. Um, and now we're seeing uh, um, through statistics that this is the largest turnout, not just for, for the population as a whole, but specifically for the African-American population, especially in these swing states. Um, so yeah, I think that um, the NBA maybe not, was not the reason why um, that Joe Biden won the election, but uh, we can't neglect that these teams did play a role um, and they definitely were yeah, a big reason why um, these states were definitely able to turn blue. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, just again, kind of going back to that main message of how it's always bigger than basketball, you know, um, and it's great to see like these players using their platforms um, to create real change and kind of inspire the youth and do things that kind of like really mean 
a lot in this world and are important to them. Um, yep. Moving on, I wanted to I wanted to bring up the talking point of talking about the, the NBA sh- uh, social justice statements um, on their jersey. You know, I know some NCAA conferences, um, for example, the Big East in particular, they said they were going to have Black Lives Matter um, patches on their jerseys this year. Do you think that it's going to be something that can will carry over into next season? And even like, do you think we'll see it in other sports? I know we saw um, in terms of soccer. I know you're a big you're a big soccer guy, but and yes, uh, honestly, the Premier League or over in Europe, um, a lot of teams had like Black Lives Matter on their um, jerseys. But yeah, kind of with the NBA, with that whole movement, that you know, that was the first time we saw players kind of being able to have their own statements on their jerseys, not just ads for money. Um, do you think? Like, I think it's going to be. Um, interesting to see how this carries over to other sports. Uh, what do you think? Well, no, I th- I know that specifically. I can't speak for the Premier League. I'm not really that big of a Premier League fan. But for the Italian Soccer League, also known as the Serie A, um, racism in Italy has been a very big problem recently, uh, or no, throughout its history. And more recently, I believe in the last three years, they started a campaign where um, all of the players wear a black armband uh, that says "Say No to Racism" on it, and it's also within the advertisement banners around the stadium. Mm-hmm. So it's something that the league has started to take very seriously. And there's been very big fines for players or crowds um, in the stadium that have um, exhibited um, instances instances of um, preju- racial prejudice or uh, racism in general. Um, I'm speaking directly towards the NBA. I'm not sure. Uh, there hasn't been that much talk around whether or not they're going to carry on with the the statements on the back of the jer- jerseys like Black Lives Matter or vote, obviously the election's done, so it wouldn't make much sense for vote. But um, other other um, terminology that um, that's similar to Black Lives Matter and that whole social justice movement, uh, I'm not exactly sure whether or not, there has, like I said, there hasn't been much talk about it. Um, I personally wouldn't mind it. Um, the thing that I don't understand is like the people that are saying that it doesn't have a, a place in sports. Um, I think that sport, is the one place where like on the contrary, I think that sport is the one place where, um, where color doesn't matter, where race doesn't matter. Your gender doesn't matter. Like people come together and just love the sport, um, that, that, like, that everyone loves. They'll come together and just cheer on these athletes. Yeah. Basically just how like kind of sport and in general basketball is used to like unite people of all races, you know, and even basketball in general too is a sport that is um like predominantly like you look at the makeup of a lot of the nba teams is predominantly dominated by the african-american community um but yeah for sure like i even talked going back to like with italy for example i remember uh mario Balotelli from like the 20 i want to say 2010 or 2014 like World i believe Cup. around 2012 yeah 2012 okay yeah i remember with that but but yeah yeah so no there's always there's always been players um especially African-American players in these leagues that have, that have stood out, but it's never really translated into actual like legislation within the leagues. Um, and I think that we're starting to see that really, um, we're, we're starting to see that a lot more, especially in the NBA. Um, it's still, we still have to see what the NFL is willing to do about it. I haven't really seen anything um, regarding um, like fines or uh, yeah, mass fines or against players or, or uh, crowds or the, the club in general. Um, hopefully that they, the players can come together. I'm not even sure if there's a player union in the NFL, but um, if there is, uh, I would like to see these players come together and kind of um, lobby against, uh, against racism and kind of create some legislation that, that uh, people who, 
who are racist in crowds or um, show racial prejudice are punished for it. Um, but yeah, I think that what the NBA is doing right now is, is fantastic. They've taken some great steps, but I, uh, I just don't want to see that diminish. I don't want to see it stop just because um, the people believe that we have someone in charge that will be um, very um, equal, in, equal in terms of all humans. Yeah. Um, I don't want to see that slow down. I want to keep see. I want to keep seeing progress because uh, the job's not done yet. Like like LeBron would famous famously say. <laughs> yeah, and I think too, like kind of build on what you just said with the next step. I really think that it falls kind of on the owners, the ones with the money and um, like owners of NFL teams, NBA teams, uh, the ones at the top, for example. I know, kind of going back to that Milwaukee decision to boycott Game Five. You know, um, kind of it was that was after the shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin and kind of a big question um, on social media was how effective was the NBA with um, creating changes? You know, they have all these platforms, um, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, and, you know, the same stuff is still going on. So kind of after that, I think questions were raised on how do we create real change? You know, it's great to bring awareness of it, but what good is awareness without ex execution? So, um, and I know they talked about a lot with the owners, um, kind of investing their money into resources and getting up like initiatives started. So I think kind of moving forward too, and um, to like kind of build the momentum and keep the progress of what went on in the bubble. Yeah. And um, to keep kind of stepping up and creating real change, I definitely think it falls on the owners. Um, they're the ones who I think are going to play a really big part. And um, yeah, you know, have, they have the financial resources as well to do so. Yeah. And, you know, like all these words don't mean anything until we see real change, like in, in the yeah. legislation of the actual American system. Um, but anyways, moving on from that point, how about we talk a little bit about who we thought had the greatest impact um, on the NBA and not not as a way of saying like these, this player did the most and this and the rest did nothing. Kind of just to highlight one player that you think really stood out um, throughout the bubble or just in general, like throughout their NBA career. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, so earlier I said Jalen Brown, you already talked about him a bit, but another person I would say was Donovan Mitchell, you know, especially with um, Breonna Taylor, you know, on his social justice statement with Say Her Name, um, mm -hmm. him, I think Jamal Moore as well were custom cleats, but he was even like during his press conferences, um, post-game interviews and everything, it was always about her. So um, I was really impressed by him kind of seeing how he kind of dedicated his whole, you know, he went off in the first round as well. Um, that like epic battle between him and Jamal Murray and he kind of dedicated yep. for me kind of I kind of took it as he dedicated his whole performance to Breonna Taylor so I think he actually did did uh, admit after the series that it was it was for her I know yeah. he was one of the biggest activists specifically for Breonna Taylor yeah um, but yeah no I think yeah you're right I didn't even think about Donovan Mitchell until you said it right now he was definitely another very big activist within the bubble um, personally for me it might be kind of like an easy way or an easy person to say but LeBron James, for me, has just been phenomenal as an athlete, um, an athlete and a person in general, um, because I think that um, there's always that goat talk about who's the best player ever, um, MJ or, Le or LeBron. But if we're talking about goat in terms of as a player in general or like, the, like the, yeah, exactly like a player in general in the NBA, I have to give it to LeBron. Uh, the things that he's done in terms of social justice movements, um, especially within the bubble, have just been incredible. He has his own um, campaign called More Than a Vote that he's constantly um, uh, publicizing on his platforms. Um, you can really tell that this is someone that cares about this a lot. Um, it's always on his mind after every press conference. 
I believe that he would any question that wasn't related to social justice within the bubble, he would just um, not give it any attention and just repeat, like, say her name, say Breonna Taylor's name. I know we talked a lot about uh, Jacob Blake after that shooting in Wisconsin. Um, all of these issues that have come up, he's been really involved in it. And I know that he's donated a lot of money as well, like, obviously through his More Than a Vote campaign. Um, so for me, yeah, I think that what he's done off the court is probably more than what he's done on the court, just just because of how amazing he is as a as a person. And I don't really I don't want to talk about it too much, but I know that there were some athletes um, that that have called him out. Like uh, obviously he didn't give them much media attention, but one of these players was a uh, or not players. One of the people that called him out um, was uh, I believe an MMA fighter called Colby Covington. Yeah. Um, this this is a guy that decided to try to make fame off of LeBron James's name just by just by calling him out for being a spineless coward and a woke athlete um, that should just stick to playing basketball. I know that within um, a Trump rally, um, they were screaming, shut up, LeBron, and other... Um, LeBron sucks, James. Yeah, LeBron Go-go. sucks and stuff like that, like other derogatory things towards LeBron James. Um, I, I just don't understand how America has become so divided. I think that with this whole election process, I, uh, the U.S. population as a, whole, as a whole can begin to heal. I know that we've seen Joe Biden come out and say that he doesn't want the people to be divided anymore, and he's hoping that um, the Republicans can give him, give him a chance to come together and heal so they can work together and create actual change within the, within the world and more specifically within the U.S. United States. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's, that's it. he stood out for me um, much more than the rest of the athletes. Yeah, and you know he's been not only during the bubble, but he's like been phenomenal as a person. Oh, like this has said. been constant, constant. Yeah, yeah, like you know he has his own school, the I Promise School. Exactly, um, he sends yeah. like thousands of kids to college each year, yeah. paid for a tuition. I think recently talking about the election, I know in Florida he donated a couple million dollars so that former um, prisoners or um, like jail convicts could vote yeah. in Florida. So yeah, just an amazing human being in general, you know, and definitely like inspiring like the reason why a lot of people look up to him yeah also um, putting a lot of um a lot of um a lot of sorry i'm trying to look for the word a lot of impact on hbcus which are um historically black colleges universities i know that he a lot of the students that come from his i promise school plan to go through these hbcus um kind of as a way to bring more attention towards these schools and uh um yeah so that was another point that stood out to me as well and yeah, kind of just touching on the HBCU, um, kind of we're seeing a bit of change in the younger, you know, I think Mikey Williams, he tweeted how he was interested in going to HBCU. Yeah. And we saw recently five-star McCure Maker, um, younger brother, cousin of Thon Maker, he committed to Howard. He's going to be playing at Howard That's true, yeah. this upcoming season. So I think there too, it's going to be very interesting to see um, if more top recruits kind of pick the HBCU path. Um and yeah, kind of use those schools, using their platform to advocate for change, social justice. Exactly. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I think that would be great and kind of brand those like low major schools um, up because all it takes is one or two elite players um, to start that movement. And, you know, I think after McCurry Maker did it, he's kind of one of the pioneers of that movement. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen with that. Yeah, for sure. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed this video. Um, it, obviously, it wasn't an easy video for Johnny to, and I to make. We both come from a, a privileged position. So um, I hope you enjoy it, listening our, to our perspective on this whole issue um, and kind of like the results of the election. Um, 
that kind of just to wrap up this video. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah, you know, everyone watching, we really appreciate it. Next week, we're going to have a special guest on um, the show. So stay tuned for that. You know, last week we had Jane, or two weeks ago, we had Jane Bediaco on. So yeah, stay tuned to our Instagram page at Euro, the Eurosteppers podcast for who that special, special guest is going to be. And yeah, don't forget to like and subscribe. And thank you for tuning in, everybody. All right, guys. Peace.